Las Vegas, famous, fabulous playground of the West. A wide open town that never goes to sleep. Vegas! Vegas, baby, Vegas! You're either in or you're out. Right now. My best mates are going to Las Vegas this weekend. I'm told it's incredible. Las Vegas, here we go! Pack your bags and get ready. You're going to Vegas with someone who knows Vegas inside and out. This is Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi, the podcast. Imagine going from a top flight car salesman and drummer to motivational speaker. Yet when you hear the story, it all sort of makes sense. With us is John Rumfield, a longtime Las Vegas and a really successful guy. And John, it all does kind of tie together. Do you ever feel like all the experiences you had, and you had a variety of them, they all kind of make sense in where you're at right now? Yeah, Steve, uh, thanks for having me on the show. And just kind of a, a clarification with my name, a lot of people kind of mess up my name. I guess the last name Rumfield never flows phonetically, or they say, oh, Donald Rumsfeld. I said, well, no, there's no S. So you just got to think of uh, drinking a bottle of rum in the middle of field, you know, to get the Rumfield. So it's johnrumfield.com, johnrumfield at uh, gmail.com. But no, yeah, Steve, the, uh, you know, everything in life, you know, I'm older. A lot of times when you're older and you don't like exactly where you are, sometimes you look back and say, Oh, what it could have, should have. How come I missed that? How come I missed that? You know, hindsight's always twenty twenty. Yeah, I had uh, so many, some great experiences. I had some great success. I had some great failure, as as we all do, Steve, and and your listeners out there. Everybody can relate, especially with COVID and everything else that's going on. So, I didn't like where I was. I didn't like where I was going. Like I said, when I was a young guy, grew up in uh, Dallas Fort Worth area. Uh, in, in the sixth grade, I uh, experienced the law of attraction, the secret. You know, I saw Buddy Rich playing the drums. I said, I can do that. I don't know why I can do that. You know, like Jennifer Lawrence, she said, hey, I can be an actress. She was. Uh, Taylor Swift, hey, I don't know why. I'm 12 years old, but I can do this. And they did it, and it happened. So I did well there. Then I, I got a scholarship. Then I ended up uh, going to the rental car industry, DFW Airport. I ran national car rental, took it from last to first place. Ended up in the retail car business. Never thought I was going to be a car salesman. Uh, but I uh, got in retail, we got into management, ran some top numbers in the country, got recruited by the number one Nissan store in the United States, uh, became a trainer at the largest Chevrolet dealership in the United States, uh, did a lot in automobile business. But in my gut, when I was going to college, I really wanted to be a radio interview guy, kind of like what you're doing, Steve. Our subliminal mind will kind of sometimes sabotage us. We're, we're, we're going down one career, but we really want to be do, doing something else. A lot of people settle in their jobs and their career, to, you know, just to make a living and survive. Here's the nucleus of, of, of kind of what I came up with. So I, I, I decided to take off. You know, I had, uh, I had a, a couple of really phenomenal offers that, that would have made me a very wealthy man, but I didn't, I didn't want to do it. I wanted to change direction. So anyway, I took off for several years, and something hit me. There's so much teaching on the law of attraction. Throw it out to the universe. See it. Wish it become it, you know, it, it happens, et cetera, et cetera. And the secret, you know, for years and years, all decades, telling people, you know, how to get ahead. And I, it, it dawned on me. I said, you know what? There is something that will cancel out all of your education, all your PhDs, your MBA at Harvard, all your positive mental thinking, following all the positive mental gurus from, from Aristotle to Ziegler, all these guys online work harder, set goals, you know, dream bigger, uh, work a thousand times harder, 
you're not doing this, you know, get off your tail, you're lazy, et cetera, et cetera. All these guys, tons of them on YouTube, and they're all good. You know, positive right. mental attitude, Norman Vincent Peel, all good. Uh, think and grow rich, all good. How to win friends and influence people, good. But there's a thing I created. I even got a U.S. trademark for the phrase law of detraction. Detraction. Yeah, I love that because when I saw it, I thought, boy, this makes so much sense to me because we all do want to focus on the positive. I mean, the very thought of positive thinking is positive. But you got to take care of this devil that's out there doing this to you. And and you're talking about converting that into the law of attraction. So talk about how you do that because that's an amazing thing. I mean, I think we have these chains on us that we don't even – you can't see, but they're there. Right. So I I address address, – I came up with basically two areas, your career life and your personal life. And multiple, multiple points, you know, how, how, how in business and people and what they do and how life works and what, what happens is that if we train and we prepare for the external law of detraction, the housing crash, the COVID uh, uh, problem, uh, a loss of a job, a loved one, your finances, your health, those are external laws of detraction that hit you, and how do you handle it, and how do you respond for it, and are you prepared for it before it hits you? And then the other internal law of detraction is anything that you, Steve, or I, John, do, anything that we do, say, or act on, that turns another person off, that's our law of detraction that wipes out anything good that, that, that we do. So... My, my, my coaching and training, I've just put all this together and, and just getting ready to, uh, you know, train, do some webinars and coaching with companies and businesses. I've been a part of up to 800% increases in, in, in sales and other thing and, and the positive motivational thing is that if, if you and I can train like a UFC fighter or an army and all fighters, they train for the, the opponent attacking them and coming at you. If you don't know how to, react and defend and counter, you're going to lose the fight. You'll die in battle. So I came up with all these different uh, scenarios, mainly for younger people. You know, I'm 63 years old. I came up with all these scenarios. Well, I've worked for like, gosh, about 17 different companies. Like I said, I ran national car in the affiliate. I got in the rental car business. I, I got in the retail car business. I worked for uh, some of the smartest, greatest guys. I worked directly with a guy when I was a finance manager, sold all of his dealerships to Warren Buffett three wow. years ago for mm-hmm. $4.2 billion. I was in his office every day. So I had all these great experiences. And so how do we counter it is to prepare for it. So uh, let me just give you a few examples, if you'd like. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the, the, the number one premise, and I do this when I train sales guys all the time and girls. I said the number one motive of life Everyone is concerned about one thing. What's in it for me? The tree wants the water to be fed. The dog wants the food to be fed. The kids want the toys. The wife wants to go to this, this location, that location. This, they want to go to this vacation, buy this house, have this car, or, or go out to dinner here. What's in it for me? That, okay, that's on the personal side. On the career side, you get hired not to go in and tell everybody what to do, not to run the place. You get hired to perform a job. So your job is to go in. Because the boss only cares. I'm hiring you for this function. I expect you to do this function and exceed my expectations. That's, that's, you got to go do what's in it for the boss. You exceed. You excel. You go in early. Right. You work late. You give it all you got. And then when it's time 
to uh, get a promotion, you say, hey, hey, George, hey, Steve, put my hat in the ring for that promotion that's coming up. I'd love to have that job. And then you really kind of earned it because if you've done everything to give right. them what's in it for them, then you get what's in it for you. The kids, the, if whatever, hey, kids, you're not getting toys this time. You got them for the past three months. You're not sorry nothing this month. Daddy's getting his golf clubs. This kind of goes on what Zeke Ziegler said a long time. Help enough people get what they want, and then eventually you'll get what you want. But most people can't do it because it's me, 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 the conversation, the work. But they want to surround everything around themselves. And if you can't break that pattern, it's going to cost you in life. Well, this sort of goes back to Dale Carnegie's thing, right? you got to be interested in the other persons. That's what makes you attract people, and that's kind of what – think about that. You're exactly right. We have to think about that in our entire life. Because that's the way we get ahead, and we're not going to be able to do it simply by thinking about ourselves. But it's hard to break that pattern. And uh, I read, uh, uh, you know, How to Win Friends and Influence People 28 years ago. I reread it four years ago, and I quit using 95% of it. I said, oh, my God. And then I read, he stated in his own work that he has to read his own work every month just to hold on to it. Wow. Because life and negativity and other people will attack you. And, and, and uh, keep you from that. Let me give you another rum roll, enemies. I had a guy that was a, a high-end Stanford graduate. He called me off my LinkedIn, and he saw me as an older guy. He said, hey, you know, law of attraction, you know, restart your engine, you know, fix your laws of attraction and restart your engine. He said, maybe you'd see what, what, what I had to say. And I said, hey, you know how to handle enemies. He said, what are you talking about? I said, yeah, they're in your, they're in your church, they're in your home, they're, in your, they're under your bed, they're at work, they're everywhere. He says, well, well, no. I said, well, if you're not aware of the opponent, how can you uh, be prepared to handle your opponent? You know, you're thinking about buying a red sports car convertible, and all of a sudden you see them everywhere before you never saw them. Enemies. And it, somebody attacks you. They put you down. If I, they stab you in the back. Somebody does a tweet, an email, a text at work, uh, uh, a, a friend, a relative. It can happen at work again or your personal life. And then to be sure, you have to recognize it. You know, most people are number one out for themselves. So that applies to all of the of the points that I have. And I got a lot of them. Uh, somebody said, don't tell them how many you got. You'll scare them away. Well, I got 86 of them. And if you don't follow my 86 rules, you'll 86 yourself. So you see them yeah. and, and you love them. They, they want to see you get twisted and, and get upset in front of your bosses or anything else. And if your boss, if you get in a situation at work, and you get twisted, and somebody, you know, screws the needles in on you, and you yell and cuss at them, and you throw a fit, and almost get in, in, in a position of wanting to get in a fight with the other person, and the CEO of the corporation walks by and looks at you and goes, mm-mm-mm, John, you are not promotable. And when things lean out, you're going to be the first to go because you can't handle pressure. Well, give us a couple of examples of these rules because I find that fascinating. And the fact that uh, 86 seems reasonable. There's always people try to narrow it down to three or four things, and you can't do that. There's a lot no. of different uh, things no. out there. No, no I can't. Uh, uh, another one. Uh, I'll give you a really, really big one that, that caused me, cost me millions and millions of dollars. And it's called another rule, number 22, is two brains. we got two brains. Look, when you're out there in the world, whether you're young or whatever, you got this dream of what you want to do and what you want to be, but you want to be a musician, you want to be a radio guy, but you're working in sales, okay? But you really don't want to be in sales. You want to be a radio interviewer. You want to be Steve, all right? But uh, you're, you're doing this job, so what you need to do is if you're in a job in a business or a, a company, whatever you're working for, and that's your living, and that 
company you're working for, industry, has a potential to make big money, 50 grand a month, 100 grand a month, and it has that potential, when you're in that job you don't like, or maybe that job you hate, okay, mm-hmm. is you need it from day one, look, act, and dress like the CEO, see what he wants to be, work your tail off, tell him what you want to do in life, tell your boss or your superior where you want to go, and try to become the CEO, president of that company, and quick and fast as you can. Now, when you are off, now your social brain, that's your career brain. When you're off, your social brain shuts down the career brain. The job and everything else doesn't exist. Now, when you're off, you're with your friends, you're vacationing, you're whatever, and you're studying and going to classes to be a an actor, a teacher, a UFC fighter, a fireman, a policeman, whatever your real passion is. And then when you're off, when you're on the career, you're shooting to the top as fast as you can, and the social brain is totally shut down. You don't think about it. You don't talk about it. And the reason for that is, if you're in a job you don't like and you don't hate, if in 10 years you're making 50 grand a month with benefits and you got control to tell everybody kind of what to do and set policy, mm-hmm. and your passion, my passion, man, this is my passion, you know, man. <laughs> if your passion, you know, never takes off and you're making big bucks, you're going to fall in love with the job you hate. And a lot of times those passions never happen. That happened to me. I wanted to, hey, I, I, I won some competitions and stuff in school back 40 years ago in college, you know, and, and I wanted to do that, and I gave up. I settled. I went to the rental car business. I didn't really want to do that. Then I got in the retail car business, and three or four times I had a chance to make a big boy job and make millions of dollars. And I sabotaged myself every time because, hey, I really want to be a radio guy or something else. Right. So you, you got to look at those two brains. The, um, so can you create the, a passion, or is that just not creatable then? you know? Because in other words, somebody could come back to you and say, well, hey, you had that opportunity. What if you'd have fallen in love with that, if you'd have tried? Or is that one of those things that just doesn't apply? You know, I don't know. Mark Cuban, he didn't believe in passions. You know, he, he believes in doing something you're doing and you're successful at it and rock at it. It might not be your total passion. You know, if, if, if my passion is uh, – cleaning cars and maybe I should be a detailer, but if, if you're doing something else and you're succeeding, great. I, you know, passion is, uh, like I, I alluded to, uh, I knew in the sixth grade, I, I just saw, you know, Buddy Rich playing the drums and said, hey, I, I can play the drums. And that became my passion. But now, in the sophomore, I had a, a back injury and my doctor said, John, you got to give it up. Your back isn't going to be able to hold up to it. You can't, you got to watch heavy lifting. And I kept pursuing and then I ended up not having to follow that passion. So in my brain, subliminal mind, anything else I do other than this is second or third choice, which is, mm-hmm. is hard. But, but you've got to learn to cut and run with um, a, a passion. If the passion doesn't make you any money and you need, need, need to do something that makes money, then make the passion a hobby. Look, if you're going to go be an actor and you've tried for five or eight years and it doesn't work and you've got a job that's making great money, kill it, squash it. It becomes your hobby. Let it, your passion be your hobby. I didn't realize I turned down the general manager's job. It would have made me a fortune. I said, no, I'm going to give this communication radio thing a, a shot. Four years later, duh, <laughs> duh, I could have created some of my own radio spots for the dealership. Right? There you I go. Could have yeah. gotten involved with the, I could have gotten involved with the creative. You might be able to take your passion and filter in your passion to the job you're doing right now and not realize it. Yeah, in this day and age, you could have done a podcast because, you know, if you got a computer, you can do a podcast. So, uh, yeah, you, you, yeah. I, I get what you're saying. And the, and that is a way where you don't, because let's say your passion is basketball, but you're five foot three, you're not going to be in the NBA, most likely, right? But you Here's can still you play. <laughs> Here's how you handle that. Go try to find a job at, at an NBA team. 
you could do something, anything involved in the office or sales or something else and still be in basketball. If that's where you want to be, you want to make that your life. We're here in, uh, in uh, Las Vegas. If you wanted to work for the Las Vegas uh, Raiders, uh, right. then fine, and you're not a football player, maybe there's a job there that you'll fit in doing that or, or some version of that. Anything we do, if you would do a smirk, if you're talking in a conversation negatively about someone else, Confucius said, he who slings mud loses ground fast. A lot of this stuff's common sense, but if you're not thinking about it, because you're just thinking about yourself, you're going to fail. You're going to talk negatively about somebody else. You're going to put somebody down in the conversation. You're going to say, oh, it's you. Boom. You just tick me off. Oh, it's me? Really? It's just me. Okay. I know where I stand with you. What yeah. you're kind of saying is we, at some level, know a lot of this stuff, but we need, mm-hmm. we, but we need to study up and we need to go back and, and, and really get it deeply ingrained because it's real easy to fall into those old traps where you, you're not thinking about it, and that's where we make mistakes. Let me give you two national, uh, national uh, examples. Roseanne Barr, last year, year and a half ago, rebooted her sitcom. She broke every rating record in the history of television. And the second week, she broke those records. The third week, she decided to do a tweet. Within 30 seconds, she had she was infected with the law of detraction. Yeah. Detraction. She did a tweet about a politician that was incorrect and it was slanderous. And four days later, they called her in and got fired. If that show had gone for 10, 15 years and she had gotten money in syndication, what would it cost her? $100 million? $200 million? At least. Yeah. Uh, law of attraction, law of attraction. You're infiltrated with the law of attraction. You're, I, I've got a business and I'm looking at hiring you. You've got a couple of MBAs. You've got a doctorate. You're the most uh, world-renowned person at fixing the problems and issues that I have to make my business rock. And you come in and talk to me, and I own the company, and you say, John, what you did here and here was stupid. Man, that was dumb. Why, why did you do this? What, that was a... a, a, a are you an idiot? I'd say, you know what? Thanks for coming in to see me. I know you can help me a lot, but I'm going to take another direction. You're done. Antonio Brown, one yeah. of the greatest receivers in the history of football. Pittsburgh kicked into the curb. Why? He had the law of detraction in him. He didn't realize. All he was looking at was what was in it for him. And he made so much money, it went to his head. You know, some of the Dallas Cowboy players that got way overpaid this year. You know, I'm from the Dallas-Fort yeah. Worth area, but not a Dallas fan, okay? They, they just kind of laid down. I got all my money, and they're not performing. So uh, Antonio Brown, of course, he got let go from Pittsburgh. He was a cancer. He was a, he, he was a detractor factor to the rest of the team because of his ego. This is really an important thing for us to teach our children because with social media out there, you can do one stupid thing, and that thing can be following you around. Well, talk about law of detraction. This is something yes. that lingers. You know? Yes. Be the crown, thank the crown, be the crown, think positive, blah, blah, blah. But you, you slip up in one of these areas and you're not ready for it or thinking on it or trained on it. Hey, you're going to get whacked. So, um, yeah, you know what happened to Antonio Brown. So he goes to, to, to Vegas. He comes in on an air balloon. He, he misses meetings. He gets fined. He goes out on the field to the, to the manager of the team and, and cusses him out and calls him some racial things and threatens to beat him up, beat him up. And, uh, they let him go. They didn't have to pay him before the first game. He didn't make a first game. And then, uh, New England picks him up. Brady says, hey, look, you got issues. Stay in my house with me and Giselle. I mean, what a deal. What an opportunity. <laughs> Tom Brady wants him to live in his home because he needs his talent as a receiver to win another Super Bowl. His law of detraction didn't let him see through it. 
and uh, he got accused for something. They said, just lay low. He couldn't do it, and he got taken off. I, I relate this I relate this law of detraction, Steve, uh, to a, uh, uh, let's say, a crystal ball. When you're born and we're young, life is good. We don't know any better, and, and you're happy with everybody, and everything's positive and beautiful. But somebody takes your toy. Ooh, okay? Mm-hmm. A, a setback. You get a setback, a disappointment, or a hurt that comes in your life. And then you don't get chosen for the team, and then you don't get to go to the college you want, and you don't get this, and you don't get really the job you want. You don't get the promotion you thought you should have in life as you get older. Each of these disappointments, the girl leaves me, the guy leaves me, each of these disappointments creates a force field around us and our being, and each disappointment or setback gets thicker and thicker and thicker, and as we get older, it keeps us, it turns us into a negative person, even though we know we should be positive, because we get reminded of these past hurts, and we can't let go of them, and the law of attraction can't fix you. Uh, Blessings from heaven won't come on you. Great opportunities and people will come right in your face, and you won't see them because you're clouded over with this thick law of attraction that you've got to get rid of and break so you can be a happy, positive person again. And you can help do that, right? I mean, this whole because yep. the law of attraction is one thing, but there's also the law of attraction, and that's how we beat this thing back. And what are the things we can do, and how do we go about doing that? Like I said, you've got you've got to recognize it, okay? And and then you have to stop yourself. I'm doing some work uh, right now. I went to a, a, a speaker's competition thing. I helped the guy out that hosted it, and uh, I ran into a guy named Dr. Phil uh, Agrios. And I'm doing three weeks of work with him, learning from him. And he came up over 35 years of uh, sabotaging traits that we have that sabotage ourselves. Mm-hmm. And, and I realized that my three traits were in reverse to fix my laws of detraction, other than my all these different points, you know, forgive yourself and GPS and take the hit. and You know, you're never too old and pay the price and vibrations. He came up with something really brilliant. I just, I just absolutely love it. You know, he, he has three things called we're a communicator, we're a supplier, and we're a director. And one of my main flaws that I wish I knew when I was a really young man is uh, when stress hits me, I'll come out and communicate and just kind of throw up on the situation. And then I'll direct and get directions. And then the last thing I do is think of feelings and valuing myself and the other person. Well, by then it's too late. You've destroyed the relationship. You created the law of detraction. You've picked them off. You've picked them off in the meeting. You've picked them off your wife or your loved ones off or your kids off by just throwing up on them, giving your opinion and stating where you ought to be and what needs to be done. And and then you, you take your feelings in last, which is wrong. What my uh, three things, I should be the, the supplier, the communicator, and the director. And I says, hey, Dr. Phil, you know what? That his definition of, of those three steps mm-hmm. is the definition of the diplomat, of the, what the CEO does, what the professional does, whatever body does that, that loves the other person they're with. Why you get promoted ten times faster, knowing the laws of attraction. But if you say something to me, Steve, say you say something to me, and maybe I'm going to say, Steve, that's stupid, or Steve, that that that's wrong. And mm-hmm. one of my laws of attraction is never attack the person, attack the performance. Right, you never want to attack the person. You're you're stupid. You know, you should have done that. I've told you a thousand times. We trained you. Why come you're not doing it right? But anyway, the first response 
in, in a stressful situation or somewhere where you want to hit somebody, punch them in the nose, is, is just to stay back, take a, a breath, is just take a little deep breath, and consider uh, their values, what, what's important to them, and, and, and what's valuable to you, and, and value yourself. It is just to make us, you know, just a little soft response instead of, you know, F you, you know? <laughs> well, I guess I can understand and see things maybe from your perspective. You know, you'll answer to that one. But, but as to, you know, from your perspective, because you do not know what's going on in anybody else's life. You have no clue what they've right. been through. You have no clue what their knowledge and level of their life experience is. You don't know what's going on in their life right now that could have caused them to say something they regret. Mirror law of detraction. So you, you sit back. You make a little statement, okay, explain what you mean there a little bit. Let me make sure I know what you're talking about. Let me think about that for a second. Okay, that's good. I'm with you. I got you. I'm with you. I got you. I'm on your side. I see it. I'm there. I says, but you know what? Let me share this with you. Boom, 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 boom. And you know what? If we did this, boom, 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 we'd make more money, we'd have more success, and we it, it would be much, much better off. That's the... That's the, that's the uh, those are the three steps of a schmoozer, of a diplomat, uh, mm-hmm. of, a, of a good politician. You might not totally agree with them. You know, you don't have to say, you might just say, I see things from your perspective. Uh, uh, I can see how that would make sense to you. But you can't come out and just blast people. You're going to turn them off. Yeah, It'll you, you diffuse the conflict, too. Even though there's some conflict, of course, but at least you diffuse it. You make it uh, less personal so people suddenly can listen and have an open ear to some of these things where maybe before it becomes a matter of uh, who's going to win the contest. Correct. You know, win, win, the, win the battle and lose the war. So I have to ask yeah. you one last question of this. People are listening to this and saying, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. But they're also hearing you, John, and you've got a dynamic personality, you know, and people are naturally, we all kind of get a little closer to the speaker because we want to hear you. But this works, as I understand, this works for the shy person, for the person that maybe yeah. doesn't have that dynamic personality, but it still works for them as well. Absolutely. I, uh, Rum rule number 80 is your greatest weakness is probably your greatest strength. So in other words, if you're soft, you don't speak up that much, you're introverted, you're not a people person. I hate that. I'm not a people. Oh, you're not a people person? Whatever, you're a rock person? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, uh, your greatest weakness could be your greatest strength. So look at yourself. If you're soft, you're, you're reserved, and, and you don't like to stand up for yourself a lot of times, and, and sometimes you need to. Sometimes about being soft and you hear something and you want to speak up in a meeting or with a loved one or with somebody else, take the chance, take the step out there, and go in softly because you're a soft-spoken person, and softly ask them to explain or understand more of what they're saying. Get the other person to talk. It's all about them. Get them to talk about their, their life, their experience, whatever the subject matter is at that moment. Get them to explain. Get them to expand. They'll love you for that. And then as you're listening to them expanding on what their thought is or what they're trying to do or say, absorb what it is and then ask, maybe ask permission, can I share a thought of what you just said? And then communicate your opinion and your ideas and then give a little bit of direction of what you think would fix the problem or make things better or make us more in love or make us uh, succeed more in our business whether it's our career or personal issue, whatever the topic is, and just go in softly. You're a soft-spoken, introverted person. Be proud of that. 
mm-hmm. embellish that and use that, and it will become your strength. Okay, so John, people are listening now. They're saying, like, I want to know more about this. How can we find out more about the law of detraction and how we turn it into the law of attraction? Where do we go online? How do we hire you if we were running a company yeah. and we want to do it? Yeah. What do we do? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you can go. You can email me at my name, John Rumfield, R-U-M-F-I-E-L-D, at gmail.com. And you can go, I just put a website together, lawofdetraction.com. And uh, johnrumfield.com. So yeah, if you have if you have a group or a company, here's a different twist. If somebody comes in and, and they're training your people, whether it's through a webinar from the company or anything else, I think it's very powerful that if I came in and shared all of these these, these tactics for the, your career and personal life, because hey, if your coworkers don't get along, you got a problem. So it, it helps your customers, your coworkers, and your bosses, and your executives. We are going to check it out. And believe me, you can still work in the world of radio. Let me tell you, that was well done. Thank you, John. Really enjoyed that. Steven, you're awesome. Appreciate uh, appreciate you letting me, let me on. Say hi to Big John for me, too. What if every dollar you invested into your training program turned into $30 of revenue? What if your learning program was so engaging that your employees looked forward to annual trainings? And what if you could monitor the success and effectiveness of your curriculum with quantifiable metrics? Go to training.epsilonxr.com. E-learning has made each of these scenarios possible, utilizing tools such as virtual and augmented reality, simulations, and online instructor-led training provides a safe environment for employees to learn at their own pace. Go to training.epsilonxr.com. Here at Epsilon XR, we have 50 years of experience in creating powerful and effective training programs. We combine proven training methods with cutting-edge technology to create immersive training experiences. Are you ready to take your training program to the next level? Go to training.epsilonxr.com. Training.epsilonxr.com. Have your collectibles taken over your house? Well, maybe it's time for those treasures to find a new home. And I've got just the place to help you do that. The place to go is Baseball Cards and Bobbleheads, where they are always buying. Baseball Cards and Bobbleheads has over 35 years of experience buying collections of sports cards, memorabilia, bobbleheads, toys, action figures, comic books, Hot Wheels, Star Wars, movie posters, and more. If you've collected it, there's a good chance they'll buy it. No collections are too large or too small. Call Baseball Cards and Bobbleheads at 310-534-4180 or text them pictures of your collection. That number again is 310-534-4180. That's 310-534-4180. Baseball Cards and Bobbleheads, 310-534-4180. Okay, Sean, we need to talk about our training budget. We're spending almost $1,500 per employee each year. What's the plan? Well, ma'am, 42% of companies are saying that e-learning has led to an increase in revenue. What does that do about the travel expense? E-learning allows employees to learn wherever they are. Then we need to consider the time away from production. I heard that e-learning takes up to 60% less employee time than traditional classroom training. 
perfect. Let's find a curriculum company, a development company, a learning management software company. Actually, Epsilon XR specializes in end-to-end learning solutions with tools such as instructor-led training, online classrooms, simulations, virtual and augmented reality, and curriculum development. Get Epsilon XR on the phone. Epsilon XR creates immersive learning environments that engage with your learner, resulting in improved information retention, which leads to better performance and ultimately an increase in revenue. Learn more at elearning.epsilonxr.com.